Hello and welcome in to another episode of Podcast 63. It's season four, episode 32. We're getting really close to the end of season four. Uh, we're not there yet. We still got more stuff to talk about. And when we know, when the end is in sight, we'll let you all know. But um, from the looks of things, we have a full roster uh, set. 13 scholarships given as of right now. Uh, and we'll get more into the when we get into the episode about where... Uh, we think we are, and we have some good information about where we think we are. So, um, so yeah, we got two, again, two more commitments to talk about. Uh, we're going to also talk a little bit about a recruit that we missed out on uh, in Bobby Clintman, and uh, just kind of probably ramble a little bit about the roster. Uh, obviously, nothing is like set in stone when it comes to starting lineup or minutes or anything, but still kind of just some overall takeaways of our 13-man roster. So, uh, Lou, uh, you excited? What? How you feeling uh, after another week with two more commitments? Yeah, I just I respect that these uh, gentlemen wait uh, for us uh, to record um, yeah. 15 minutes before we decide to start recording to commit, so they give us enough time to just prepare to chat about it. No, but it's it is great. It is kind of crazy um, to think um, how Drew has gotten kind of locked in these guys back to back weeks, two back to back. Weeks of two commits, and I think, correct me if I'm wrong, nearly maybe Edwards, but just like guys committing very recent after their visits. Yeah. Um, so I think that's just a really thing, a great thing to see and we'll talk about. Um, but just really happy overall to kind of say right now we have a full roster, I'd say, mm-hmm. as of right now. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, we'll get into all that uh, and make sure to stay with us and never forget, always remember, go blurs. He passes out to Hunter. Hunter shoots off the rim. Brown Simpson scores. It's over. It's over. We won. We won the ball game. Viola won the ball game. Oh, we won. 60 to 58. And we are back. Uh, so, yeah, let's start with the most exciting portion of the podcast, which is our two new commitments. Um, I apologize, apologize if I mispronounced, but I believe it's Jamerl, Jamerl Wilson. Maybe we should just call him Jay. Uh, I hope he's cool with that. Uh, Jamerl Wilson and Sheldon Edwards are our two new commitments. Uh, both committed within the last couple days. Um, I believe Jamerl was on Saturday and then Sheldon was just tonight on Monday when we're recording. So, uh, yeah, those are the two new guys. Um, just kind of off the bat, Lou, what do you think of just generalizations of, like, the two guys, if they kind of point towards anything bigger or if you were surprised about one or if they make sense? What do you kind of think about these two? Yeah, I, I think something that I don't know if you were alluding to, but, uh, yeah, bigger. Um, I think there's a kind of a just a consistency of, like, the height involved. Um, guys are ranging from, what, 6'6", six, six, six seven in recent and i know sheldon edwards is kind of what around six four but he's kind of a big guard um so it's one of those that it's it's guys that maybe can stretch the floor but also besides golden i think it's guys who can pick up some speed right and i'm not saying golden can't but traditionally big guys not kind of keeping up to the same pace as like a stretch four so Again, very excited. There's so many ways to kind of look at it, but right off the bat, I think there's a consistent type of player uh, Drew is looking for. I about to say Lou, meaning like I look for players. <laughs> you were, but, um, yeah. but yeah, no, I think it's exciting. I think it's, the best part is really to sum it up is two of these players I don't even think I had on our radar. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's just really cool to be still shocked and be like, oh, that's awesome, and kind of be awe of us gaining uh, traction with some players. So, yeah, yeah I, I think that's that's there's a lot of things to think about. But Buck, what's what's kind of the first big insight I guess that you see from the most recent commitments, or just kind of overall now that we've kind of tied that bow on our roster, I guess, for next season. Yeah, I actually, you know, I think my one takeaway is uh, all the people on Twitter and Rambler Mania that was like, oh, Drew's got all these holes to fill. You know, we've got to get bigger. Okay, got to get a guard. Yep. Got to get like a, a three-point guy. Yep. Got to get more athletic. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just all the boxes that everyone was like so freaked out about. They're all filled now. I, I mean, I, I really just think he kind of knocked it out of the park. Um, you know, I, I don't think it was anything fancy. Like... You know, at one time we had mentioned, um, like, Andre Curbelo or um, uh, there was one Twitter account that was, uh, I think it was Zach Harrington, who, like, faked a tweet that we got Sharif O'Neal, uh, Shaq's kid. So, uh, you know, none of, it doesn't Someone even tweeted that to me. They were like, did we really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, it, you know, nothing too fancy, but I think they're all just uh, solid players. You got kind of a mix of classes, too, which is good. Um, adding the two, um, I don't know if you want to say like fifth years or grad transfers, however you want to look at them, who only have uh, one year remaining, which is Jamerl and Golden, uh, which will be nice because then we can work to try to add two uh, or maybe even three. You know, if you kind of assume one one person might transfer next year, you know, two to three commitments out of the 2023 20, class. So, yeah, it's just uh, I think – my initial thought is he just did everything that he needed, and now it's just a uh, a matter of putting the team together, getting the you know roster set, um, and making sure we can all they can all play together and play off each other. So I'm excited about them all. I, I, I just I'm excited to learn about them. Uh, you know, some of the two guys that have more than a year, I'm excited to get to know them. Uh, like you know, that's always kind of one of my fun things is like getting to know their history and like where they came from and you know Jamerl being from Niles and Notre Dame High School in the area you know fun that Sheldon Edwards is just kind of hopping across state lines to play with us so there's a lot of like interesting storylines and I'm, I'm excited to find them all out so um yeah overall super good do you want to just kind of get in depth here about about Jamerl you want to start it Absolutely. off Absolutely. yeah um so uh, I think the biggest thing right away is a guy who, with some type of injury, if if didn't happen, has had some great two seasons as a starting role. Um, and I think that's really great to see. Um, the biggest thing for me, just from reading and highlights that I've seen, is that um, I saw just a, a, a player turn into a senior leader on a team that kind of needed it. Uh, Lehigh is where uh, Jay Wilson's coming from, if that's what we're, we're calling him. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, at school that kind of in the Patriot League, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Lehigh, of course, they're famous for beating Duke in like the first round. And uh, CJ McCollum's from there, so if you didn't know. Um, not a team that was really a contender this past year. Colgate was in the NCAA tournament from that league. Uh, but Wilson I had his best season to uh, date in the box score area, right? Um he really, uh, in my opinion, improved. Um, and one of the biggest things I saw was just an improvement uh, not only in kind of just scoring, but also way the, the types of scoring he did. And that was just the improvement from three. Um, I think that's one of the biggest things for me 
that I saw, and especially I think that's what Drew sees, right? That's maybe something that kind of catches people's eyes. Um, but again, he, he got back to the scoring he did two years ago um, because last year, uh, not this past year, but the season before, 2020 to 2021, something must have happened late starting and start until the second half of the season. So um, there was kind of a delay, but he took this year and really built on the progression he's made in the last two years before that. So I'm really excited to see he has one more year, and I think the trajectory to that one more year can be really great, um, especially to the size at 6'7", kind of his mobility from all the film I've watched. Um, I think he really can fit um, into a role um, that is kind of being left by a lot of the seniors, um, a lot of guys who kind of fit that kind of 6'6", 6'7", range of guys um, is really interesting that Drew was able to catch this. Um, and again, kind of a shot in the, I don't know, in the, coming out of Drew out of the shadows for me at least. I don't know about you, Buck, but what did you think about Wilson? Um, I like him. I think he's exactly what we needed. It's kind of, you know, that's kind of going to be the theme here. But six seven, um, you know, pretty good defender, um, very good three point shooter. Um, I'm interested to see like how he guards one through four. You know, if he can guard the the quick guards as well as the wing players, which I assume he can guard wing players. Um, but yeah, I'm interested to see if like, you know, I don't want to compare him too much, but like. Uguak was able to guard guards occasionally, right? Not all the time, but switch out, help out, that sort of thing. And I'm just intrigued and interested to see if Wilson can also do that. Um, because, you know, I think Drew has his way of playing defense. And we knew that he was the quote-unquote defensive coordinator even before this past year. So we've seen multiple years of his defensive schemes. And it's, it is that, you know, one through four switch everything um, uh, you know, run players off the three-point line. Those are kind of some of the, the important parts to the, the Ramblers' defense. And I just think Wilson fits into that that sort of scheme. Um, one of the things I was just kind of getting, trying to look at was um, some of his, like, counting number box score stats. Like, you know, I see he's shot 269 shots, but I'm like, is that a lot? So, so I compared them to Loyola players, and he would actually have taken the second most shots on our team last year. So I'm sure Lehigh plays a faster pace of, I would imagine, a faster pace of offense than we do. Um, but, you know, it's still, still kind of uh, relevant. Wilson shot 269 shots. Braden Norris, who was our second leading uh, player in that category, shot 243. So, you know, pretty similar. Um, and as for, like, three-pointers, uh, Wilson shot 88 and made 38. Um, and kind of the closest, like, comparison, um, Uguak took 74 to Wilson's 88, um, but made made 38. Um, and Schwieger this year made 48 threes. So, I don't know, just kind of something to, like, compare it to for Rambler fans that might be a little bit more substantial. Um, uh, one thing I'm hoping is he can... Every year his, uh, or not every year, but his free throw percentage has gone down most years. So kind of hoping that he can pick it back up to that 75% range. That would be nice to see rather than 67 or 66% last year. But, um, yeah, still he averaged almost five rebounds a game the past three years, actually, around five rebounds a game. A couple assists a game. Um, I, I think he just fits a role of a, a 3 and D guy, um, I, you know, I don't want to say starter or bench, but I want to say role player. I don't see him playing as many minutes as, say, Uglock or Williamson 
did last year, but um, I know you have a comparison. If you, I, mean, I don't know if you want to talk about it, but like someone who might play like any anywhere, I guess from ten at the lowest to maybe sixteen at the most, like somewhere in that range. I think is kind of a sweet spot. But obviously, if he performs outperforms what he's done, then and earns the time, then he can play even more. So I like it. I think he's a three and D type guy with potential to be a, a better. Uh, rebounder as well, and that's that's kind of an exciting player. So, yeah, I yeah. Know you watch a little more film than I did, so I don't yeah, know if there's any other little thing? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me is if you're just looking straight at box score before looking at film is 52% from field goal jumps at you, like that mm-hmm. that has to just jump at someone and be like, oh, this person is pretty much getting a bucket one out of every two possessions they they're taking a shot, and that's pretty big. Um, and then when you compare it to our guys. And just in general, um, that's the third highest field goal percentage. Um, and it would pretty much be the second highest or maybe even the highest of a starter. Um, again, you could say CK, of course, had the highest field goal percentage um, in starting nearly half of the season, right? Um, but here he even had a 50% field goal, which, again, shocks me. But it doesn't shock me when you think about where he shoots from, and majority of his shots, of course, are close in twos. And that's what Wilson is. Wilson is scoring majority of his 75%, I think I, I looked at it, is are coming from a two, kind mm-hmm. of two-point attempt. And, and not saying he can't shoot the three. He, he takes about 25% of his shots, then are threes, and he makes 43% of them. And that's pretty good, too, I'd say, for a guy who's not solely a shooting guard or a guy who shoots threes. So what I really liked be honest with you and what i'm seeing a trend of just what maybe drew looks for or even porter because again ck was a porter recruit but just kind of the efficiency that's mm-hmm. my biggest thing it's less about playing right now from the biggest thing around film i'll be quite honest with you is that it's hard to tell about defense it's you can easily see a guy really athletic because you got the height and everything and the moves they make like wilson loves a good spin move and he loves a good kind of step back crossover which is great to see um, but the, the reason why I would like to compare CK is these are CK's three years at Dartmouth's field goal percentage, 52%, 49%, and 55%, and then Loyola 62%. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's your field goal. That's not just two, but that's field goal. And to me, that's just, I think, what maybe Drew in certain – when you're looking for a certain position, you want to also make sure they can score. And when I see Wilson with, coming in with such a high – field goal percentage i think that's really great i 100 percent agree with you though it's not great to have a low free throw percentage um but i can understand that maybe drew's looking at a person who is efficient and that's really cool to see from a recent recruit um or just a recent transfer i really like that um so i i think the biggest thing for me though to come out of what i'd like to see from this type of role player or type of player in general is just maybe getting rebounds. I think rebounds are something that I think are going to be quite a different battle in the A10 than mm-hmm. it was in the NBC. Um, and quite honestly, I enjoy like a Tate Hall mentality of, I know you're going to go in there and get me a rebound, and I kind of care less about you scoring 12 points. I'd rather maybe get six rebounds out of you in some games. And that's just kind of something that I'm thinking about when we have guys of six seven height. Is just like, can we guarantee we can get the ball? But then also that we can stretch the floor and we can do multiple things. So really intrigued by Wilson. Really excited about the opportunity to see a guy who's competed at Division One level and getting that next step. Um, so happy. And then, of course, I think it's just fun that he's 
from the area. Um, that's always fun to see. So, and again, played played high school ball just nearly down Devon. I could say I think Devon <laughs> might go to Niles, but it's uh, it's pretty pretty darn close to campus actually when you think about it. So fun to see. But overall, I think the way I describe Wilson and I, the impact I think he can make is efficiency at the rim and on offense, defense. There, I need to see more tape. I, I wish I could really mm-hmm. explain it. But most of the time, some guys' highlights, unless you're really a defensive player, are mainly going to be on offense, and that's what I've seen recently. So, But he can block with that height. Don't 6'7 isn't really a joke just from he can get up and block a shot. That's exciting. I mean, that's you know that's the type of potential we want uh, from a player. So, um, yeah, I'm excited. I think, like I said, just a, a super solid role player with the ability and, and potential to play a little bit more than that, just kind of based on uh you know what what the rest of the roster looks like so yeah we're we're excited to have jamerl on the team um and and uh, another chicago guy like you said is always just a fun thing to have so um the next guy is sheldon edwards uh which we kind of this is one we actually knew a little bit more about um he played at valpo the last two years so he is the same year as huddy uh you know, I, I tweeted out the scholarship list, and it was actually kind of funny. Uh, so I got a couple comments about, like, uh, Schweiger and stuff being a redshirt freshman, and then someone asked about um, one of the older player, one of the new guys, like how many years he had. And um, I'm, my whole thing was, like, I was just trying to make a list of, like, how many years remaining players have, and that's the way it made sense in my mind, but I know that that's not always the case. It was funny because Sheldon Edwards actually DM'd us and said, "Hey, I have three years of eligibility remaining," and, and you know wanted to make sure we knew that. So we appreciated that, um, and uh, yeah, the edits have been made to it and stuff. But um, but yeah, so uh, Edwards um, is a, a high flying scoring guard from Valpo. Uh, we got to know him a little bit too well <laughs> this past year. When he put up, uh, I think, 20 points on us each time. Yeah, 23 and 20. Um, he uh, can pull up from kind of anywhere on the court. Um, and, uh, yeah, just like I said, athletic. Uh, lots of potential on defense. Um, I saw a tweet that actually, like, when talking about him uh, committing to Loyola, like, the first thing they said was, oh, a great defender, potential – or very good defender, like potential to be excellent on defense. And I was like, oh, wow. Well, you know, that's just kind of something I just wasn't thinking off the bat. Um, but as I've, we've kind of jokingly kicked around, there's lots of uh, um, sayings you could use for him coming from Valpo to Loyola. But uh, he's tra- trading in some some rather, uh, how do I put this nicely, uh, crappy colors <laughs> in brown and yellow for – Maroon and gold. So I think uh, I think that's one of the advantages to coming uh, across state lines. But Lou, uh, what was your, I mean, kind of takeaways from this? We did kind of know about it, so we had a little bit more time to think about it. So, yeah, what were your uh, uh, reactions to Sheldon committing to Loyola? Yeah, I think um, in Sheldon Edwards right away, um, I think he's the sixth man of the year from the Valley this past year. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Bowen Bourne won it. Um, but I think the impact he made off the bench for Valpo is more impactful of a six man. Also the fact that Bowen Bourne didn't maybe score as many points if we're just doing it off points too. Um, so I really think this is exciting. Um, I think initially you can, you can, one person could say maybe Sheldon Edwards could inject himself into the starting lineup. 
I no matter what rotation, I think that's the word right there is like rotation. This is a player who I think can help fill different rotations and in different areas, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this is someone where we want to go small, can be go small. This is someone when we uh, go big, can be at the point, right? Mm-hmm. I think the one thing I just don't know um, really is more the point guard ball handling stuff I think we talked about, but the shooting I think is there for sure, right? We know um, he can be efficient from score on scoring, um, and I really do think um, – that he's just kind of a great player to have in rotation. So um, it's funny, I think, personally, that we're, we were able to land him just because of the games we saw. Um, he really did a lot of damage to us. So maybe mm-hmm. Drew was, like, saying he is kind of tired of seeing the guy scoring him and maybe bring him on his team, right? Um, so great to see, though. Absolutely excited. Um, I do remember, I think, like, his freshman year, he was on, like, the all-freshman team. Um, so, again the weird benefit of COVID, I guess you could say he, we have three years with him. So this is a player. We don't just say, Oh, we have one year left. Like we can see Sheldon Edwards even develop more, um, Mm -hmm. into, uh, into being a loyal rambler, right. For us. So that's kind of the other exciting part for me is that, Oh, it's not just two years. Like you have one year to prove it. And then that's how you determine your last year. Like, no, you, you kind of have a year and also you can fit in a role, um, but I think being able to play against us, it's, it shows to Drew and maybe the staff that, oh, we can use this player to more than just kind of a role um, that's defined from another program. So um, I'm excited. I think it's an interesting pickup to say, um, but I'm excited nonetheless. Um, just really happy that we can say Sheldon Edwards is kind of our last uh, cherry on top, but uh, mm-hmm. overall excited. Um, something I've noticed, though, a lot with some of the recent guys is their average points uh, this past year nearly have all been like double digits. Mm-hmm. Um, Sheldon Edwards, even for a bench guy, averaged eleven point four points a game. Like that's to come off a bench and score double digits is pretty pretty darn great. Um, now again, I know Wilson was a starter, so it's different. But like having guys who can who can who have scored in double digits on an average basis of playing thirty plus games or something like that, that's pretty big in my opinion. Like the, those guys can go out there and get buckets, and I know that's pretty pretty big to me when watching some of the struggles we had with this year's past team was that it's sometimes not one particular person's night. So can you rely on someone else? And I think both Edwards and Wilson uh, are can e- easily add to a platoon of guys who can step up on any given night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they definitely can. Uh, one of the things, I mean, that we noticed is, is his scoring, right? I think that's kind of what everyone noticed. And just kind of similar to what I did with Wilson, I was thinking about comparing him to Loyola players. And mm-hmm. uh, similarly, just straight up field goal attempts, he would be the second, he would have attempted the second most uh, field goals on Loyola. Uh, oh. Right, right under uh, 300. He had like 297, I believe. Uh, yeah, 297. And for three point attempts, he took the exact same amount as Lucas Williamson did. So, uh, yeah, dude loves to to shoot it and uh, did did shoot a little lower of a clip than uh, Lucas. Lucas was 39 percent, whereas Edwards was uh, 36 point. Or no, sorry, 35.8. Um, which is still a good percentage. It's not bad. And you just hope, you know, like on a team where you don't have to be the guy or go out and, and they're asking you to score 15, 18 points, you know, in crunch time, 
that he can uh, benefit off of that. Like we have guys like Braden and Marquise who are going to go get theirs. You know, you have a big guy in, in Bryce Golden or Huddy potentially if he develops that can get some in the post. So, you know, pass it out to Edwards, potentially get more open looks from three. So um, it's, it's good statistics even for a guy who was asked to do probably more uh, than, um, than he would have at, at Loyola. Um, you know, otherwise, like 4.2 rebounds per game, which is which is solid. Uh, over an assist per game, um, over a steal a game, which is good. Uh, you know, love to get those guys that are pesky on defense. Um, it, he kind of just seems like he's gonna have a good. I think what might surprise us is how good his all around game is. Whereas we just kind of knew him as this guy that scored 20 plus points against us. Um, but I think he might be a little better of a all-around player than we're expecting. Um, one of the kind of funny things, just while you were talking, I was looking at some of the guys' social media stuff, and uh, Coach Drew posted that shot that he hit, that uh, Sheldon Edwards hit against us at Valpo, with that one that was from like 35 feet out or whatever, and he posted the emoji of the handshake emoji. Uh, so I, you know, he's having fun with it too. I'm sure. I'm sure they had some good laughs about it and like stories and you know whatever. So uh, it's cool to see that they're obviously cognizant of that and like making good of it. So um, yeah, I mean, again, I think he's kind of in that similar role uh, with Wilson, that kind of role player. But like you said, has three years remaining, and so we very well could see him evolve into this dynamic sort of trio with Braden and Marquise over the next two years. Um, and I actually think they all kind of fit in well together. Like they, none of them uh, to me, like strike me as, as like, I need the ball in my hands all the time where, you know, Braden can be this spot up shooter when he's asked to. And I think so can Edwards. And, you know, you want a guy to go create for you, give the ball to Marquise and I think, you know, you got Braden with the pick and roll. Um, I'm interested to see what Edwards, uh, like, additional part of his game is. Like, if he's not just going iso ball, what is, what's his, you know, next sort of move? Like, can he be an off-ball slasher? Can he be someone that's running off screens and looking for threes? So, um, yeah, I'm just kind of interested to see what he's comfortable doing in an offense that uh, really heavily, like, prioritizes efficiency not necessarily just like uh, I don't pick up ball, I guess, I, which is kind of what I always thought Valpo's offense looked like was just kind of pick up ball. Um, so yeah, yeah, I think yeah, my biggest thing with just that, and I love that talk about like Braden being able to just do the kind of the get off a screener and just pop, pick and pop kind of thing or whatever, right? Is that Sheldon Edwards and even Marquise Kennedy develops it properly? And, I, like, no matter what right now, is like you saw this past year. It's like we like to be able to have guys, multiple guys, shoot threes. Mm-hmm. We Yes, Braden is probably the best shooter this past year, efficiency or whatever. And going into this year, like, Braden can knock down a three. But it is also nice to be like, well, a team could just double team him. Okay, well, if we need a three, we can get it from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's kind of also the added, you could say weaponry or whatever. You just added – added stuff that is really needed um and i think drew is just trying to also be an enforcer from three and be like hey we have talent and it's not just stuck on one person and we're not relying on one person 
because if it's not there night, I think we can try to find it in other ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so really excited about that, that it doesn't – I think Drew is finding players that fit a, a kind of a play style that he likes, and I really do think, like, even Edwards, man, it's like a shot like Drew posted. It's like that's kind of you just pull up right as you're in motion and you're bringing the ball up. It's like, oh, let's pull up. And that's kind of what you saw with Lucas do this year, right? And that's something maybe you can see Edwards do uh, next year as well and in the coming years as well because we have three years. So mm-hmm. it's, ex- it's a lot of exciting things to say. With players like Edwards, I don't think we ex- should expect everything to come out the first year, right? right. Maybe it does, and that's, a, that's a awesome. That's a gift. Um, however, there's a lot of other guys, and there's also not enough time in one year maybe to give it everything. So uh, we'll see. Excited nonetheless, though. It's a really happy to see um a, a roster kind of fill out and that's what drew has done in the last few weeks yeah yeah it is it's, it's been impressive to see him do that and i think this might all kind of be set up i mean obviously what happened the past few years with transfers and being all league players but you know we, we've kind of mentioned this a couple times when he went on the um I'm, is it sleepers what's the name of the a field group? of 68 a field of 68 thank you um, who interviewed him down in New Orleans, and he was talking yep. about being transfer you. And, like, I, you know, I don't know how much one interview affects something, but it was a big deal. A lot of people saw it. Um, I'm sure players were already interested in Loyola, and that to see, you know, if you're Sheldon Edwards, right, and you're, like, looking at schools, and you're deciding between GCU, uh, uh, Santa Clara, and us mm-hmm. and then you see drew talking about how much transfers are important to us and how our success has been obvious and evident with our transfer players like yeah why wouldn't you give them a better shot potentially or, or schedule your visit first or last you know however you want to look at it so um that sort of thing does matter uh and and also it matters that drew uh is establishing himself as this like recruiter uh, of high school kids but also of uh of transfers um you know that's that's like one of the things you hope you can get when you have a younger coach who can uh relate i guess more to the players um but it's exciting like you said just to have this team we can kind of start to talk about it we can start to envision some stuff um and that's kind of where i wanted to take this um is that kind of talking about roster decisions and we had just like kind of a little bit of, uh, of, of information um, when it came to uh, the other guy we were considering, Cam Spencer and Sheldon Edwards. Um, people were, we, we had asked about like those two guys, like are, is, you know, are, they, are they both interested? Are they, you know, looking? And then Sheldon Edwards was touring or visiting. And then we saw that Cam Spencer was, was visiting. And one of the people we were talking to said that what that the, those two guys who were on campus, I, I don't know together or separately, um, the the coaching staff wanted one of those two guys, like wanted both of them, but to finish the roster would select one of those two guys. So we don't know if they preferred someone. You know, we're not sure if. I mean, obviously, uh, Sheldon like liked us enough to commit to us. But we don't know if Cam Spencer um, didn't prefer us or we just decided to pick Sheldon. Um, you know, it could have been a thing where, where Cam Spencer said, hey, I'm going to go check. He's actually touring Rutgers right now. You know, I'm going to go check out Rutgers. And he also said he's scheduling a visit with Minnesota. Um, and, you know, maybe Sheldon Edwards was like, hey, I'm ready to sign right now. Like, where's, give me the paper, give me a pen. I'm, I'm excited to be a Rambler. 
So, you know, it's hard to know exactly what the ins and outs of it were, but you can kind of start to uh, imagine or hypothesize like the different scenarios, um, let your mind run wild. And probably one of them is correct, right? I mean, it's probably one of those or a combination of all of it. But um, that was kind of one of the roster things I wanted to kind of mention because um, I know people have been wondering about Cam Spencer, um, the kid from Loyola, uh, it was in, uh, Maryland. Um, but uh, yeah, as far as I know, he was uh, visiting Rutgers and still had a visit to Minnesota. So it could have just been a, a matter of uh, Edwards is ready to commit right now. So Lou, I don't know if you have any kind of speculation or thoughts about that. Um, and if not, I have one other kind of roster roster point to talk about. Yeah, I'd say the only thing with Cam Spencer, it's just like because guys have maybe committed while pretty much either visiting or right after the visits, maybe it just Cam Spencer maybe wanted to wait, and that's totally fine. I think maybe Drew and his team have like kind of their plans and their deadlines, so it's intriguing to see um, unless we find out from Cam or even from Drew. I think it's only speculation, but it's really interesting, though, to see how Drew and his team are recruiting and how guys like Bryce and how guys like Phillip, like they commit right after they visit and how impactful a visit to Loyola can do it. And having Drew, like you said, though, Drew talking about being transfer you is a huge thing, I think. And having also the pretty much the awards and hardware to prove it. So I think that's really critical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and one of, our, one of our other sources told us that they don't expect any other Ramblers to leave. So... You know, obviously things can change. This was sent over the weekend, um, and if if someone does decide to leave, you know, don't don't come come coming back to us. And you know, we don't know. We didn't talk to all thirteen players, but uh, from what we can gather, the roster is what the roster is, um, and uh, that's a that's an exciting thing. I know there was some speculation and and uh comments on rambler mania and on twitter about you know oh this person might leave this person might leave if you look also the other thing that i've kind of gathered as my own material if you look at their instagrams you look at their twitters the rest of the players that are currently on the roster or that were on the roster before this season they are sharing every single commitment every single loyola post everything drew is posting they're consistently sharing everything. And that goes from, you know, the guy that's been on the roster the longest in like Marquise and Tom Welch, all the way down to the incoming freshmen are posting it. So, uh, you know, it's also just kind of social media. They can do that for imaging or, or whatever to look like they're a part of the team. But I, I think it's, it's kind of more than that. And I think that uh, everyone that's on the team is, is excited to be on the team and, and fight for their, spots next year and their time on the court and, and, you know, be together as a team. So, um, I think it's safe to cautiously assume that everyone that the 13 guys that are under scholarship right now will, will be the 13 we see come, uh, beginning of the season. So yeah. Um, the only spot we have left now is a walk on, which actually kind of interestingly enough, uh, if you listen to the most recent episode of Bears, Blurs, and Belgium, uh, it sounded like Will was kind of alluding to the fact that they, like, have a walk-on or, like, m- like had a visit from a walk-on, maybe. Something more than just, like, 
oh, there's these six guys that might come to the team. I don't, did you did you listen to the episode? Did you catch that, Lou? Yeah, I caught I caught kind of I don't know if there were subtle hints that oh they're walk on this yeah so again I think walk on you they they know their leader Will who's heading out knows some things and we'll be excited to hear it but yeah uh, it'd be exciting overall to see what what Gold Squad uh, elite member we can be adding there yeah I uh, you know they're part of the team just the same and uh, we'll we'll do a a post as much as we can when. When the walk-on also commits, because uh, you never know. There's always stories about players who, uh, the kid from Valpo, I believe the point guard, Ruthinger, Ruthinger, whatever his name was, who was a walk-on and then was their starting point guard last year. So um, that sort of thing happens all the time. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know if you have any kind of last thoughts on the on the roster before we, we move into the, the, I guess, the last segment on this episode. Just absolutely excited to kind of put together what what our team will look like next year. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, the last portion, we, we want to talk about Bobby Clintman. Um, you know, a lot of y'all were, were very excited, and kind of rightfully so, right? This is very high potential, nationally recognized four-star recruit who we had a very, very good chance to get. Um, I, I don't, you know, he posted himself that we were our his second choice when – he committed from Maryland and then decommitted. Um, and, you know, some other teams got in the mix. Um, I, you know, from what I could tell, just based, this is just me based on the internet and Twitter and Instagram, I did not see any further connections, communications between us and Bobby after the decommitment. Um, you know, I, there, it was obviously there. The offer was still out there. Um, but to be honest, there just really wasn't anything else, um, kind of recruitment wise. There was no visits. Uh, we never saw that like one of the coaching staff went to his games, uh, for Sunrise Christian, not to say they weren't there. They very well could be, but we never saw anything about it. Um, and then, you know, he took a few more visits. I think he took two, went to Colorado and what was the other one? He did take one other one. Uh, maybe like an SEC school or something, but did take a couple visits um, and then ultimately did commit to Colorado. So that's kind of the, the timeline, right? Um, the, I guess, kind of insider information that we had that we alluded to on Twitter was when he decommitted, we reached out to one of our sources who was who's in recruiting, um, uh, one of the, I, you could call him a national guy, um, and said, hey, you know, what's the deal with us? Do we have a chance to get Bobby? We were his second choice, blah, blah, blah. He's like, hey, I'll check on it. A couple days later, he comes back and he says that if if we want, if the coaching staff still wants him, we have a great opportunity. And at the time, we kind of just laughed it off. We're like, oh, haha, yeah, of course we want him, right? Of course Loyola wants Bobby to come to Loyola. And this whole time we're, you know, operating under that assumption. And then, you know, just a couple weeks ago, maybe two, three weeks ago, we see some former players kind of talking about Bobby and, and starting to maybe question, like, is he the right fit? Is he, uh, does he fit into the culture? Does he, um, you know, it, I saw someone questioning whether he wanted to be a team player. Um, and these are other people's words, you know, that's not necessarily taken for gospel or whatever definitely grain of salt 
But, you know, enough people are talking, there, there's probably some question marks there. Um, and as we saw, he really didn't take any visits to anything other than high majors, other than us. Um, and, you know, so it's a question, well, maybe someone's in his ear telling him to go to a power 16. Um, our, I mean, Lou, you could kind of talk about this too, but our only... Uh, connection to, to Sunrise Christian was with former Loyola player Isaiah Bujdoso, Um and that ended after a year. So, um, what we kind of came to like think just in this past week then was he wasn't kidding when he said if Loyola wants him, if the coaching staff still wants him, and that was actually like a question. So. You know, I, that, that's kind of the insight we have is that I wouldn't be too heartbroken about it because it seems like it was more of a, um, a staff decision rather than Bobby's decision to not come to Loyola. So, I don't know. That's kind of the insider. If I forgot anything, Lou, please go ahead. But um, otherwise, just like what were you, what were you thinking when, when – like throughout the process, the last couple of weeks leading up to, and then when Bobby committed to Colorado, were you surprised? Yeah, I think it was more for me when I think that I don't know if it was it late February, early March, when there was a tweet that, like, hey, I'm gonna focus on high school ball, and then go back into recruiting. And at first, I was like, oh, that totally, this totally makes sense. Like he plays in a very competitive uh, high school tournament at the end of the year, which is the Geico Nationals, right? So I was like, ah, oh, that makes sense. No big deal, right? Mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing was, yes, was the, the interaction or the visits or the, there, there being none of, of those visits to Loyola or maybe back on campus or something like that or even the coaches have at one of the games or just you didn't see it, right? Um, and then right away, when you see that Bobby's looking to commit or plans to make his announcement right after a visit to a Colorado, I was like, oh, it's easy. And that's fine, right? Like Colorado, Pac-12, that's great. Um, I think that's what kind of excites um, someone who wants to maybe go play at Colorado. I don't, like, know of them as being, <laughs> I, I guess, a uh, recent memory. Um, what, what are they? Are they the Buffaloes? No, yeah, right. I think they're the yeah, Buffaloes. Um, they've had yeah, Colorado couple... State is the Rams, so – I think right. they've probably had a couple um, decent years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like a few years ago they were like a five seed. Um, all right, yeah, I think the year, yeah, our twenty sixteen or our sweet sixteen year, they were they were um, a five seed. But again, I, I think it's more like you're playing the competition, you're playing, and then potentially like also you being maybe an immediate starter because like we might not have an immediate starter rule. Who knows? So it's one of those things and. I don't think it traumatically hurts us. We're like, oh my god, we're we're never gonna be able to get a, a player like this. Or again, this is just a player who was rated really high, and not saying he's not gonna be good. But I think that's all. Another part of the story is that like that necessarily doesn't always mean that that's the way to definitively kind of like score a player or score a high school like a high school kid. I think Cameron Crutwig, with my favorite example, is the Florida game. How many times did I hear those announcers say, this looks like an SEC center to me? Where, like, where did this kid come from, right? And, and Cam, let's be honest, was not ranked as high as maybe Bobby or even high as I think Marquise Kennedy might have been even ranked higher in, like, if we look at the numbers' sake, right? But it's just a matter of 
also kind of the level competition, what's going on. So um, I, I, I'm not really like bummed about it. I think it would have been really cool. Um, the, the point of question that I really think is really interesting though is, yes, what would have been kind of maybe the idea of minutes or would there have been a question on if we could have had Bobby play immediately? I don't know. I think that's something that's up for not debate, but discussion if, if it were to be that he committed. So nothing really too stressed about. I think I can totally understand where Bobby might not have fit, but I can also see maybe using his skill level that he could have uh, also helped Loyola, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of things that are out there, but uh, overall I think uh, Loyola is not hurting um, by this by no means. Yeah, I think my last thought um, is just that when we talk about four-star recruits, like we think that it is just a linear progression of like Loyola plays better, make it to multiple NCAA tournaments, move conferences, immediately get four-star recruit, right? And I just mm-hmm. don't think that that is like a priority for the staff. Like it's not – they're not looking at rivals. They're not looking at 247, right? Like maybe just to identify a player, but – I don't think they care about the four-star. I'm sure they have their own, like, uh, recruiting system and statistics and all that kind of stuff um, that they use in order to rank them. So what I'm trying to say is I just don't think it matters to them that he was a four-star recruit. And, And we need to, as fans, understand that, like, they are getting the players that they think best fit their systems, best fit their culture, and we'll be great ramblers for years to come. So uh, I think we just got to assume that um, that they're not looking at those sort of rankings. And we might not see a four-star recruit. And that's going to be okay because we're still going to have a great coaching staff and great players uh, that are wearing our maroon and gold. Um, so, yeah, I think that kind of wraps up what I've got to say. I don't know, Lou, if you want to you wanna finish with anything else about whatever we've talked about today. I think Drew's doing a different recruiting style that and Porter did, and Porter found some gems in recruiting. So I think it's a automatically a massive process to begin with. So uh, I'll be very intrigued what Drew does in the coming uh, days, right? But uh, I think uh, or just coming years, sorry, with the days right as of right now, we're technically finished with mm-hmm. recruiting. I guess if we were to put a bow on it, right? Um, but I I really do think. Uh, one of the things you'll see is that this is like Drew's first full like year under his belt as a coach and he's um, can like recruit and you got a lot of these circuits um, that we're even watching a lot more closely now. So I think um, I'd be very intrigued to see what it looks like um, soon for, uh, for uh, Drew and the staff and what kind of a recruiting class looks like uh, moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's yet to be seen, and it is exciting. Uh, the path untraveled yet. So, um, yeah, I think that's going to do it for us here, uh, Podcast 63. Um, we will still be having weekly content for at least the next couple weeks. We'll pick up our uh, player reviews next week. Uh, we'll be talking about CK, Ryan, Braden, and Marquise. And who knows, there might be more news. We never know. It's just kind of always changing and ever altering um we will have a write-up on uh sheldon edwards tomorrow probably tomorrow night um and we just you know because with the podcast and all we just had to do this but 
we will have a write-up on him. And, uh, yeah, more more articles coming soon, but uh, we'll talk about them next week because they won't be out this week. So uh, that's going to do it from Buck and Lewitt, Podcast 63. Thank you all for listening. Don't forget, always remember, go Blurs. Thank you.